0: Back to the episode. The whole magic,
1: again, was people warming up in the Facebook group. It was like free retargeting advertisements because it was just reminders, constant reminders of Maluna, Maluna, Maluna.
2: This is the show where I bring you the best tips, tactics, and strategies for using paid traffic to grow your business on autopilot. You also hear what's working and not working right now from the top minds in online marketing so that you can get more leads and sales every day without having to empty your wallet in the process. All right, let's jump into it. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Art of Pay Traffic podcast. Rick Mulrady here. This is episode number 139. Hope this finds you well. Thanks a lot for coming to hang on me today. Really appreciate it. Very excited about today's episode because we're going to be talking about the Facebook ad strategy that was used in a Kickstarter campaign that reached its goal of $150,000 into 17 hours and then went on to raise a total of $441,000. Pretty cool stuff. And joining me to share how he did it is Justin Richard from Convert Marketing, which is a Facebook ad agency in Santa Barbara, California. He's actually one of my students. And he started his business in 2016, not very long ago, right out of college. And he didn't have a traditional marketing or business background or anything. He actually studied film in school. And you're going to hear today how he got into Facebook ads and running successful Facebook ads campaigns, like we're going to be talking about here Today, So here's what you're going to learn on today's episode. Justin's six-step method for how they raised $441,000 on Kickstarter, which was almost three times their original goal. We're going to be talking about the philosophy behind why he created and followed this strategy. We talk about the Facebook ad strategy that he used to build a Facebook group community of almost 9,000 people and then how they leverage that group to drive the success On Kickstarter, how they track the success of their Kickstarter ads, since you can't place the Facebook pixel on Kickstarter. So he tells you how he did that. We get into how they set up the actual Kickstarter campaign, including the video storyboarding and the incentives that they offered on the page and a whole lot more. But before we dive into it with Justin, I want to let you know about a brand new coaching program that I'm really excited about. I've just put this program together, and it's called Advantage Plus. Advantage Plus is an application-only 12-month coaching program, which is going to begin in July. That's this coming July 2017, and it includes the following here in the program, okay? It's one group video coaching call with me each month. We're going to do this face-to-face on Zoom. It also includes a bonus group coaching call each month with a subject matter expert. It also includes two two two-day group live events here in San Diego with me. You'll also get a ticket to attend both of my FBA live workshops, which are multi-day teaching and hands-on implementation events here in San Diego, and also a private Facebook group community. I am really excited about this program, guys. Advantage Plus is for you if you are looking for an accelerated path in growing your business and that you think accountability, community, and support will be helpful to you. So like I mentioned, this is an application-only coaching program. So if you'd like to learn more and apply you can just go to rickmulready.com forward slash plus that's rickmulready.com forward slash p l u s all right without further ado my friends let's go hang out with justin richard justin welcome to the show how are you man
1: I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, Rick. Super excited to be here.
2: Absolutely. And I know that you're a little bit nervous about getting going here, but this is all good. I think you just said something about you feel like you're preparing for a final exam or something.
1: <laughs> yes, it really does feel like I'm about to take a final in college. A little bit nervous, but definitely excited.
2: Hopefully, this this is less painful than a final exam for you.
1: <laughs> cool. Well, that's good. That's yeah. good. It took a long time to get here.
2: Yeah. No, I'm pumped to have you on the show here to talk about what you've been up to with the Kickstarter campaign. And I know you had some huge success there. And we are going to get into that. But let's start off with who you are and what you've been up to.
1: Well, Rick, my name is Justin Richard. And I started Convert Marketing a little over a year ago now. I started on April 6, 2016, here in Santa Barbara, California kind of dropped everything and i started listening to your podcast so a little over a year ago right before i started the company and i listened to your podcast every day and i said i could do this and i went full time with it and took it from there and now i'm here
2: that's awesome Uh, what were you doing beforehand i was in school okay okay so you came out of school what were you majoring in were you studying you know business or marketing or something like that
1: no not at all oh really (laughs) I was studying film studies and I said, yeah, this is, I was always an entrepreneur. i had an entrepreneur endeavors my whole life, but I heard what you were doing. A good friend of mine introduced me to it, introduced me to you mm-hmm. and the podcast. When I heard this, I said, I could do this. I'm going to do this.
2: That's awesome. So how did you start? I mean, if you come out of school, you have a film, you know, you're studying film, completely different kind of field than getting into marketing and business and so forth. You hear the podcast, you listen to episodes, you're like, I can do this. What was the next step after that? Like, what did you kind of jump into at that point?
1: You know, I I really didn't know what I was doing at all at that time. And I I didn't know how to maneuver into this field. I felt like there was so much information into the internet marketing. Mm -hmm. As you know, it moves so fast and it's very competitive. But I started going to meetups and I met with a lady, and they needed some. They, I said, you know what? I can definitely help with Instagram. So I actually started teaching Instagram courses live, and so I mastered the art of Instagram, like the organic outreach of Instagram. And then while doing that simultaneously, I was still studying Facebook ads and I listened to your, I had to listen to your podcast almost every day, every day in the morning. I was listening to the podcast like, and at that time it was so foreign. I was, you know, I heard retargeting advertisements. I was like, Oh my gosh, that's so advanced. You know, and now it's, you know, it's second nature. So I started off teaching Instagram courses and mastered the art of Instagram.
2: And so, okay. So you did that for a while. And were you selling those courses? You said you were selling the live, you're doing it with live sessions. Were you selling that
1: to was, people? Yes. It wasn't, they were not automated videos. They were like Zoom call. Uh, there were Zoom calls with, Okay. I think it was like five to six people at a time. And I did two classes for like a month each of each class.
2: Got it. How did you sell those? How'd you get those five or six people on there?
1: I just I studied a lot of the Instagram organic of how that was running and I knew a lot about it by studying that and I just talked to from the meetups I was introduced to one person to the next person and then these people needed good Instagrams and I think one she brought her Instagram from like 1,500 to like 10,000 in like four months.
2: Wow with your work with your help.
1: Yes exactly. That's awesome.
2: That's awesome. So you're selling these courses, you're at these live events, you're talking about what you're doing, you're selling these, these live trainings. I love that idea. So what was the next evolution from there? Because obviously, I don't want to say obviously, but I'm guessing you're like, wow, this stuff really works here. I can study this, I can become really good at it, and I'm very good at teaching other people how to do it. So you take this sort of, this sort of strategy here, do some live trainings here, you get five or six people. What were they paying you for that at the time?
1: it was like 370 per person
2: okay awesome i mean you so you're, you're making some good money here you know starting out and i mean not I mean, it's not you know life changing money but you're you're proving that it's working here so what was the next evolution of that
1: yes it, it was enough to get me by because it was a whole month i would teach the course and yeah. at that time once their once the course was done it was kind of the next step was really to create the online sales funnel to sell their health products and Unfortunately, I didn't know enough at that time and that kind of died out and it went from, I think it started like in, it started around May or June and it went all the way until August and around August, I didn't have anybody else to work with anymore. Okay. And it was a little, it was tough. I was like, I don't know what to, I need to find some more people I could work, you know, you know build an online sales funnel for or do this Instagram courses. I, I don't know. I just I have to work something here. Otherwise I'm going to get in trouble. And I helped somebody launch their business on Kickstarter just a little bit. Nothing too much. Wasn't really being paid for that. And they introduced me to a man named Scott Hoyt. And Scott Hoyt is the founder of Maluna, and that was the Kickstarter I just recently had great success with. And we closed the deal around September. Yeah. And and then from there, that was my first big client. I was really excited and I ran with that.
2: Okay, so I want to kind of back up here before we get to this most recent Kickstarter program. So you mentioned a health program or health product. Was that the Instagram account that you helped take from, like, 1,500
1: to 10,000? Yep. Well, 1,500 followers to 10,000 right. followers.
2: Right, 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 Okay.
1: And, yes, they were doing some, like, a business model called network marketing, So okay. they, which was Juice Plus, and they needed to sell their supplements at first and then recruit another member. My whole idea was build as many followers as possible, build awareness, and then later on create a sales funnel where they could resell those products.
2: Got it. Okay. Okay, cool. So when you did that sales funnel, were you running Facebook ads at all or what did that look like?
1: I did not at that time. It ended up being I later found out that their health products, they weren't the rules and regulations to choose plus was it didn't really allow facebook ads like i couldn't do retargeting i couldn't install a pixel mm-hmm. you know there's no pixels or analytics so it wasn't something we all kind of we kind of found out that it wasn't really i don't think it was really the best route to go with something with their business got it okay
2: okay mm-hmm. and th- then you got introduced to or how did you find that next kickstarter product or program that you were working with because you said that you're doing some work for free for them how did you get hooked up with that
1: I found them in a co working place. Okay. Okay. Yep. Called Work Zones up in Santa Barbara, California.
2: Okay. So you're just talking to them and, that, you know, the conversation comes up. And how were you, what, what was the offer to help them? What, how were you helping them?
1: He, he, before, had a website. His name's Ian McManus. He had a website business and then he sold that a long time ago. And then he said, "I want to launch my coloring books. So it was, I think it was called Sacred Spaces, and he wanted to. Yep, he wanted to sell his, his coloring books on Kickstarter. I helped a little bit with like creating a lead magnet. Nothing too crazy, though. Okay. It was kind of like a friend. Uh, we kind of became friends and kind of did like a a friend sort of deal. Got something. Like that. Nothing too official.
2: So you're doing lead magnet. Were you doing any kind of marketing for them? What was that like?
1: No, I did some email marketing and created the lead magnet. It was like a, I don't know, I think it had to be like a five to 10 page PDF with like designs I created in Canva, mm-hmm. which Canva was, you know, Canva's pretty good for that at the time. That was pretty much it. They did not run Facebook ads yet. So like, I still like, think do it.
2: So you, okay. Had you run any Facebook ads at this point?
1: I did not run any Facebook ads until I, I ran Facebook ads once I matched up with Scott. Yeah. I well, I did do a little Facebook ads with him, but not again, nothing major. It was very, very light.
2: Got it. Okay, so you meet Scott. Spell Maluna for me. That the M- Yep. M a l u n a. Okay, got it. I spelled it right. Okay, cool. So cool. you get hooked up with Scott, and what does that conversation look like? How do you start working together? What would you offer to do
1: for him? This is when everything changed. This is when I got serious. I bought your program. And I completely ran with it. He needed his whole company presence online. And we're talking about, you know, he needed a brand identity for his cooler. He definitely needed a, a set like intricate sales funnels for his Kickstarter campaign. He had to build up his email list and... Yeah. Uh, I'll get into it a little bit, his Mm -hmm. Facebook group, which was the magic of how it all came into fruition. He did a lot. So I, I offered email marketing. I offered Facebook ads. I offered all analytics. I offered Instagram advertising, Instagram organic. That was the main things I was offering.
2: Okay. Are you comfortable sharing with what the financial conversation was
1: with him? Yeah, I could go into it a little bit. It was my first big retainer. I don't know if I actually, I probably not, probably, shouldn't, <laughs> probably shouldn't actually go into what the retainer was. But I could go into what the goal, what we hit financially on the Kickstarter. Yeah,
2: well, definitely good. And that's totally cool if you don't want to talk about that. But just to be clear, it was a retainer that he was paying you. So this wasn't like any more, you know, sort of I'm doing you a friend favor. And even though he wasn't a friend necessarily, this wasn't like a free gig that you were doing, that you were taking on.
1: Yes, correct. Okay. It was a big... It was, for that time, it was a big retainer. You know, it got me a retainer where I was able to go full-time with... Uh, it, it got me... It, it just it set everything up. Um, okay. With retainer on top of ad spend, on top of content creation.
2: Got it. Okay. So when you say content creation, were you doing... So you said email marketing, you're building up the funnel, Facebook ads, analytics, Instagram ads and also Organic on Instagram. Were you also, you said he needed a web presence too. Were you doing that as well?
1: well yeah, we created a, a small website for him. Okay, so you basically
2: became his one-stop shop agency.
1: <laughs> yes, okay. yeah, we did, we did it all.
2: Okay, cool. And you're being a paid-a-retainer for this. Was this for like a period of time? Was it monthly, indefinite? Well, what would that look like?
1: Yep, so it was a monthly retainer. It went from September, I believe September 15th all the way to April 7th.
2: Oh wow! Okay, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. So it was for a while, okay. And yep. so, what is this Maluna? I know it's some sort of a cooler or something. Share with us what the product is.
1: Cool. Yep. So it was, it's a, a high end cooler. If anyone, if your audience is familiar with Yeti coolers, it became a competitor of Yeti. They're high end coolers. The coolers sell for minimum or the average of two hundred dollars a cooler, and this cooler. It holds ice for uh, a very long time. So what I mean by that is Maluna is a high-end cooler, and he tested it through thermal chamber testing to outperform the Yeti in installation for holding ice longer than the leading competition.
2: Got it. So okay. it's a big
1: deal, a big, you know a big company.
2: So, what was your, okay, so, and this is a new product, I'm assuming, since it's running on Kickstarter. Not that it has to be a new product on Kickstarter, but the new product on Kickstarter, you're looking to kick it off. What was the goal of the Kickstarter campaign to begin with?
1: The goal was to hit 150,000. 150,000, okay. And what
2: was the, like, did Scott kind of go into, well, What was your like, did you hear that number and be like, holy cow, I mean, how in the world are we going to hit that number? Or did you like really, truly believe that that was something that you guys could do?
1: We could pull it. Yeah. I believe that we were able to pull it off and we did. I put my head down and I made it happen. So I could go into it a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah, I would definitely
2: want to do this. So 150 was your goal. What did you guys end up with?
1: 450,000. Wow. That's almost awesome. 450,000. I think it was 441,000 to be exact.
2: 441K and your original goal was 150K. Correct. That's awesome. Okay. All right. Now let's break this down. How did you <laughs> How did you almost triple this goal here, hitting a 441K?
1: So there was a lot that went into it. First, I want to start off. I broke it down into a six-step method. So what I did And what the six-step method is, is market research, funnel strategizing, content strategizing, content creation, funnel execution, and ad-slash-post management and optimization. Okay, cool. And that is what we did throughout the duration of the entire campaign. But the real magic was, Rick, we were able to hit 150,000. We hit his Kickstarter goal in 17 hours. In 17 hours? In 17 hours. (laughs) Okay,
2: awesome.
1: Right. And typically with a Kickstarter campaign, a lot of people say build up your email list. And I thought this was good, but the real magic was actually in the community we built for Maluna. And what I mean by that is that I replicated a thing called the Gruen effect and theory. A long time ago, Victor Gruen in 1956, he was the architect of the first mall, and his whole mission was to demolish the sociological functional obsolescent. What I mean by that is that in the 1950s, there was a social barrier of communication in America because people loved driving in their cars. And I thought of that today with modernism. And I thought there's a social barrier today with the internet. People don't get to socialize with one another because of the internet. Mm -hmm. And so what I thought of was that Scott, he originally had a Facebook group called the focus group with, I think around like 70 people in the Facebook group. So just like Victor Gruen created a community and, for people to socialize, he did that by creating a mall. And in the mall was like a labyrinth. Like you were going to the mall and you would get lost. It would be hard to leave the mall. And what that did, it, that was called the uh, Gruen Effect. And people communicated with each other and enjoyed that. And what I did is I tried to, I replicated that by sending a bunch of people into this Facebook group way, it was, a, I think, over two months before the launch. Mm, okay. So what we did is we started adding people into the Facebook group. And then we had Scott be very transparent with the people in the Facebook group. He would answer their questions. He would talk to them. He would post, you know, he would always be posting messages and we would let him know like a generalization of what to say, what to post in the Facebook group. And he was active. He was talking to the, every, almost every single person that posted in that Facebook group.
2: So hold on one second, just I'm mean, curious. Like we're talking about a cooler here, and I'm not trying to minimize this product <laughs> no, because it's not yeah. super cool. But what's the incentive for people to get into the Facebook group?
1: So the incentive to get into the Facebook group, what we did is we ended up getting a 10 out of 10 relevancy score with the advertisements, and to how cold, I did to cold traffic. Yes, we'll get into that too. <laughs> so what I did is I I reverse engineered the leading competition, which was Yeti. Everyone in this industry knows about Yeti. Yeti's like a big, cooler – it's a big deal in the cooler world. And we targeted people – like at first, we specifically targeted just people that had the interest in Yeti. Okay. And we targeted all different variations, but it always included Yeti. Yeah. And we targeted them and then the advertisement was just the picture of Maluna, just the cooler – and then the copy just said, The Core Yeti does not want you to know about.
2: Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> and you're targeting, yeah, I'm sure they love that. Okay, cool. Got it.
1: Click throughs. I forget the click through rate, but click throughs, it was just off the rocker.
2: Repeat that copy again because it's really good.
1: The Core Yeti does not want you to know about. Interesting. Okay, go on. And it was just a picture of the Maluna. So it just all of a sudden, it triggered curiosity. People were. Okay, what is this? What's going on here? We eventually got the cost per email down... The lowest amount one day was $0.27. Wow,
2: Uh, to cold traffic. Yes. Got it. Okay. And you were sending people to the Facebook group, right? So since you're collecting an email, I'm assuming that you're sending ad to a landing page to collect their email and then into the Facebook group. Is that right?
1: Correct. So the funnel was Facebook advertisement to cold traffic to a landing page, which we used lead pages for. Mm -hmm. They landed on the page and we used all different, we split tested. I was able to get on the beta testing with the lead pages and we split tested a bunch of different variations for like lead magnet types. And then, so they landed, it was Facebook advertisement landed on the lead page. And then on the thank you page, it said, see what all the commotion is about Mm. in the Facebook group. Awesome, and it was a high percent. Again, I forget what that percentage was, but a high percentage of people going from the thank you page to the Facebook group. So
2: you're getting, you know, you're getting the best CPLs that you're getting on less than thirty cents. What was the with that kind of copy? But what was the? What were they opting in for? What were they once they land on that landing page? What were they, what were you offering them?
1: One of the lead magnet variations was see the data that tests. Where Maluna has outperformed Yeti in installation.
2: Hmm. Okay. That's cool. All right. I'm having a hard time, like, understanding why people, like, why they'd be so passionate about that, but I'm not the target market. So, <laughs> but that's, I mean, that's, I think it's amazing that that was, that was so successful, you know, running the ad to that kind of lead magnet and then the invite into the group, which you had a big conversion on, on that. How many lead magnets did you test? You test multiple ones or just one?
1: Yes. We tested one where it was just see the commotion in the Facebook group. So Uh the Facebook group was the lead magnet. Got it. Um, What was the other lead magnet? I think we tried one other one, but we didn't use it for too long was be the first to know about the launch Hmm. when was launching in the Facebook group.
2: Got it. So Uh, which one was the most successful one? Like the cheapest
1: uh, best? The cheapest cost for email was the lead magnet with the installation data that outperforms Yeti.
2: Okay, awesome. So you're running that ad to the landing page with that kind of offer. On the thank you page, you're inviting them into the Facebook group. You're getting a pretty big conversion of those people who are landing on that thank you page, getting them into the Facebook group. Did you have a video? I'm just curious. Did you have a video on the thank you page to invite them or was it just copy there? What did that look like?
1: No, no video on the thank you page. It was just copy that said, see all the commotion of what's happening in the facebook group yep so that one worked and we did try a video on the lead page the first page where they just landed on to uh, uh-huh. right after the advertisement uh-huh. what was that like we filmed scott and scott just pointed to the cooler and he says i think it was just like check this out okay like, that that was it that that one wasn't the top performing but uh we thought that was kind of cool it was well filmed and it was super short video like i think like 15 20 seconds okay
2: so you get people into the facebook group you said about two months before the launch you started building up this community and you said that scott was in there on a regular basis answering questions and i'm assuming you guys are giving like behind the scenes of you know what's going on with the cooler and stuff like that is that right
1: correct correct Total transparency between the group, the prospects, and Scott, the founder.
2: Got it. Okay. And then at what point did you start to introduce the fact that there was a Kickstarter campaign to this group? And, and actually, before you answer that, how many people did you end up getting into that group?
1: We, I, we had to be between eight to 9,000 before we launched.
2: Got it. Okay, cool. Yep.
1: Yep. Yep. Eight to nine thousand. We had to ramp up the ad spends big time, like only a week before, which soared our CPA up for the cost per email past a dollar. Unfortunately, but it was well worth it.
2: Unfortunately, (laughs) it's still amazing, man. Okay, cool. So you got uh, yeah. So let's go back to that. So at what point you get eight to nine thousand people in the group, and then at what point did you start to introduce that the fact that there was a Kickstarter campaign? for the cooler, or was it always understood that this was going to be available to them at some point?
1: We purposely created some convolution, like some confusion. And I think we introduced the Kickstarter. I can't remember exactly. It had to be like 15 or 30 days before the launch. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah.
2: And did your ad strategy at that point shift from getting people into the group and then to promoting the Kickstarter or what happened then?
1: We just kept it running. And again, the importance was, the magic was, is, was creating that community, mm-hmm. just like, you know, going back to Victor Gruen of how he created the mall. I almost want to call it like a, the virtual Maluna Mall. And it was creating that community. And what, what ended up happening is that a lot of people came in and they told their story. And people started sharing each other's stories of, like, where they are, where they are in the country, what they're looking for, what problems they had with their past coolers. And it was just, like, great primary market research data also. Yeah, but sure. it was just Everyone was sort of interacting with one another. And then everyone came together to start promoting it for Scott.
2: Oh, really? That's awesome.
1: It was definitely a phenomenon.
2: So, you get eight to 9,000 people in there. You're getting that. They're all, you know, you're creating this great community. They're sharing, you know, their own stories and stuff like that. Then, so when they start selling it, I'm assuming that the Kickstarter campaign has started at this point. Is that right?
1: Yes. The Kickstarter started on March 7th. And that's where we switched the ads. What we did is we targeted all the custom audiences. So, people that landed on the landing page people that went to the thank you page and any emails that we were able to receive. So we did, we were capturing emails from the landing page to the thank you page and we created those custom audiences and we targeted all those people. We sent out an email blast and we posted on, I think Instagram and Facebook of the launch. And it was just like, everything broke loose. It it, It was crazy, Rick. Like, <laughs> we launched at 10:30. Was it? Yeah, 10:30 PST. Mm-hmm. And so 10:30 PM PST.
2: Okay. And okay.
1: There was people in the Facebook group that stayed up all night long, like posting crazy memes. If you want me to send you some of the memes, they're, they're hilarious. Wait, so why are you why are
2: you launching this at? I'm just laughing because like I did, this is I, this is so amazingly crazy, and I'm so glad that this worked. <laughs> but why did you launch it at 10:30 at night? What was the strategy there?
1: I think the strategy, from what I remember, the strategy was that you had 24 hours, you had a certain amount of time and Kickstarter to get on their front page.
2: Oh, gotcha. Okay, okay.
1: Right. And so it was a strategic move to try to it seemed like it was like the most logical because at that time so it's a whole day so it starts at like 12 uh, 1 a.m
2: okay gotcha okay okay
1: like so we like told kickstarter we're from the east coast or yeah from the east coast so then it was like we had almost 24 hours to get on the front page
2: gotcha and did you guys do that
1: we did not did not we were close but I was just happy that we hit the hundred fifty thousand in seventeen hours. That was cool.
2: Yeah. And so once you did that, leading up to this, you have all these people in the group. You have eight to nine thousand people in the group. They're sharing their stories and pictures and memes and all this other stuff and they're doing this selling for you. Like how did you take advantage of that momentum that you'd already that you'd gained over the past, you know, several weeks and then obviously within those first seventeen hours?
1: Well, I wish we did PR. We didn't get a chance to do PR. I wasn't familiar with PR before then, and I'm not a PR agency, I'm a Facebook ad agency. Mm-hmm. We had to redirect our strategy, and I had to create a new funnel actually, mid Kickstarter, which I wish the Kickstarter went longer because, as you know, it takes time. You have to give yourself about two weeks to four weeks to just test the advertisements to get to reduce the CPA. And it just wasn't enough. Well, actually, wasn't. Once the new funnel strategy was put together and implemented, mm-hmm. we only had like two weeks left of the Kickstarter.
2: Yeah. So how long was the Kickstarter overall?
1: 30 days.
2: It was a 30-day Kickstarter. Okay, cool. And so when you say that you shifted that, the funnel strategy, what did you do there?
1: Well, instead of because originally we had the advertisements going to the Facebook group. All right, mm-hmm. and we couldn't. We tried doing that during the Kickstarter, but the whole magic again was people warming up in the Facebook group. It was like free retargeting advertisements because it was just reminders, constant reminders of Maluna, 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 and bringing people into the Facebook group. What well, we were not receiving buyers right away by bringing them into the Facebook group after the Kickstarter launch. Right. So then we did direct ads. But that put the CPA up a little too high, for my liking at least. Even though it was a $200 cooler, I I didn't like where the CPA was at that time with just doing direct ads. So we had to create an intricate funnel where it was. I b- believe we did a we re- we did a first video view ad objective advertisement. So we created this 3D animated advertisement showing this innovative unhinged design on the Maluna cooler which is it's revolutionary for like the cooler business big yeah. deal <laughs> and so they had that video view and then we retargeted people who watched it up to 50% with a reach that was a lead magnet to then see which was the data that showed Maluna outperformed Yeti by 20% in insulation we retargeted them with that, and that made sense because the unhinged design was the reason why installation was better than Yeti. And then we hit them with a third retargeting advertisement, which was a direct buy-to-sell on Kickstarter. That brought down the CPA. The CPA reduced significantly once we had like a three, we call it like a three-tier retargeting advertisement funnel.
2: Got it. Okay. So and so what was your so you tried some different strategies there? I love the fact that you tested out different objectives and stuff like that. What was some of the biggest challenges that you had with your ad campaign? You know, because you like you hadn't run, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but you hadn't run a ton of ads up until this point. Were there some challenges that you came across that you're like, ooh, I didn't don't know about this, or I'm not sure what this does, or you know, maybe like I'm gonna try this out, but it didn't work. What were some of those challenges that you faced?
1: Actually, you know, I besides the Kickstarter challenge I did it flawlessly with the Facebook ads. And that's because I bought your program, I put my head down, and I studied that day and night. And before I bought your program, which is awesome, I was listening to your podcast, again, like daily (laughs) for almost a year now. Mm -hmm. And so once I implemented it, it worked really well. Again, it was like I had a 10 out of 10 relevancy score right off the gates, and then once they hit the Kickstarter, once we launched on Kickstarter, this is the tricky part, Rick, was that you cannot retarget using the Kickstarter. You can yeah. use it in Indiegogo, but not Kickstarter. Right, right. And what we had to do is we had to create Google parameters. And with that, we put a Google analytic in there and then we created Google parameters and we used the link in the Facebook ads we used the Google parameters link in the Facebook ads, and then that was able to have us track as well as we possibly could, but we had to do it manually. So you couldn't set an ad objective in Facebook Business Manager to say, oh, to tell Facebook Business Manager and program it to say, oh, they bought a cooler on Kix.
2: Right, right that, exactly.
1: That was tough. So you we can't had to
2: place a pixel over there.
1: Right, yeah. right. But we used Google parameters, which was great because then that helped us track like which ads were performing and which ones were not performing well. You just had to do the math manually, like around the same time of day every day, which was like, <laughs> you know, that's a lot of work.
2: Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, so 17 hours, you hit the goal already. You go for the full 30 days. You end up doing 441 k. What are you feeling at this point? Like when you achieved that and the campaign wrapped up, you know, better yet. What was Scott feeling at this
1: point? <laughs> Scott actually wanted to hit more, but uh, of he did. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Right. But I think he's he stoked that he went to China and manufactured all these. He already got like, I think three fourths of all the coolers out to everyone already, which was cool. So I think he's pretty stoked. He's he's stoked that he, he's running this company. It's his first, I think it's his first business. So he's, you know, he's just working a lot, same as I am. I'm just to be honest. I'm just relieved it's over, and I I'm so glad I was able to receive a case study out of it. Yeah, just being almost a little over one year into creating a digital advertising company, it's. Yeah. <sighs> It's a lot. It's been a journey. It has been a journey. I have not stopped working for over a year now, but I'm really glad I grabbed that. It makes it easier to close on some deals now. Still struggling, but it's definitely a big milestone for sure. Well, I mean, it's obvious
2: that you know what you're doing because. With everything you just, that you just took me through, I mean, you know, like, all right, we can't place the pixel on Kickstarter. So how do we do this? Okay. We're going to use the Google URL parameters to track this. Okay. The strategy that, you know, mid launch or mid campaign isn't really working. So we're going to change up, you know, those campaigns. We're going to build the community, you know, and like all this stuff. I'm taking all these notes here. I mean, the philosophy behind why you created and follow this six step method in this strategy here is really smart. You know, going back to looking at you know historical stuff and and leveraging what people have done in the past to be able to try to replicate that in this sort of campaign, I think is really really smart. Before we talk about what we what you're kind of up to, you know, now that this campaign is over, I'm just curious what were the incentives that you guys were using for on Kickstarter for the
1: cooler. Incentives. Well, incentives.
2: did you have different levels on there? Like they could, you know, they donate a certain amount and they've got this or they could donate a certain this amount and they'd get this. Or was it something different?
1: Correct. Yeah, that was a whole strategy in itself. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Just a Kickstarter page. That took a lot of time, too. I was definitely in there in the weeds strategizing how that should look. But I didn't do the design for it. We strategized the Kickstarter video as well. That was like a 12 page. I don't know how you call that—a flowchart, twelve-page narrative, generalized mm-hmm. narrative to describe how the Kickstarter video should look. Which Dave Goldman did a an amazing job on doing that. If I don't know if you got to check out that video, but the video was outstanding. Yep, that helped, and we delivered several offers. I mean, I, I, it might be over ten. I, I don't know exactly off the top of my head. Mm. But yeah, we went – it's good to have multiple offers on Kickstarter. You want to have something as low as even a dollar to something maybe over $1,000. I don't think we did over $1,000, but we definitely did over 500 I believe. Okay. And we did stuff like this, like a one-time, one-time offer pink cooler. I think you were able to buy it for $500 each, and there was only 10 of them. Those sold out within, I think, the 17 hours. Oh,
2: really? That's cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they were gone. We did. It's good to have different colors of your product as well. So we created. Uh, we're Scott was able to create cores with different, like three different colors, and that was the color variations. You would receive that at a later date. I think that's like June or July. That helped. That price was uh, like over 200. So it's like a 50 core core, the standard was $200 for a 50-quart cooler. But for the colored ones, I think we bumped that up to, like, $240 Mm -hmm. uh, for the colored coolers. And then you would receive that at a later time. And then we had the early bird offers. That was that you would receive the cooler, like, within 30 days after the Kickstarter campaign. Cool. And it's good to build scarcity within that. What I mean by that is, like, You know, we only had a limited supply of the early birds, so get the early birds now, otherwise we have to, you know, close it off within like one week or two weeks of the Kickstarter campaign. So that people in the Facebook group were getting nervous that they weren't going to buy a certain cooler that they wanted to buy. So this, in fact, came into a great play as well with the day before launch.
2: Very cool, very cool. So the campaigns wrapped up. You are relieved that it's done, even though you're obviously hugely successful. Really smart how you approach the whole thing. So, where are you at right now? Are you is this sort of becoming a niche for you? Are you focusing on, you know, doing Kickstarter campaigns, or are you branching out from there? Where are things at for you right now?
1: Well, it's it's been a um, not going to lie, but it has been a bit of a struggle afterwards because. After delivering those six steps to Maluna, market research, funnel strategizing, content strategizing, content creation, funnel execution, and ad slash post management optimization, that was like the six steps. And that was our process. And that was to say, this is what we could offer to whatever campaign. It doesn't have to be a Kickstarter campaign. Well, no. I found out that it was so much work with Maluna to do those six steps, And I thought with having a case study that I could charge a a large retainer fee for something like that, you know, something like that was so much work that I probably, I would not want to sell that for anything less than probably like $7,000 retainer fee. And that's not including the ad spend. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was a lot of work, but I still don't have the network for that. So I actually, long story short, just recently, I said, to deliver an individual service. And what that means is that I, we're just, for right now, we'll deliver just Facebook ad optimization for companies.
2: Meaning you'll manage the ads and optimize them. Exactly. Got it.
1: No content creation, not even copy. Maybe we'll do like two more tiers over that where like, we'll strategize and do the copy. And then maybe the third one is like, with a email campaign included with doing like something with Entreport or Infusionsoft. Mm-hmm. But it, that again, even that third tier would be extremely high. I My goal right now is to automate the system as much as possible with a higher output instead yeah. of such a big input, lower output. Sure,
2: sure. Of course. I love it, man. I love it. Dude, so so happy for you and you know congratulations again. I know we've chatted in the Facebook group a little bit, but I'm really really happy for you. Obviously, you had huge success in this campaign. I love how you approach it, the strategy here, the 6-step method and sort of being fluid throughout the campaign and being willing to test and try different things out. Obviously, it was a huge payoff for you. So congrats again, man. I want to let people know where they can connect with you if they want to learn more about you and what you're up to in the business and possibly you know if they're looking to to talk to you about working together.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much, Rick. I appreciate it. And again, thank you so much. Our website is Convert Marketing, all spelled out. So it's ConvertMarketing.co, not .com. So it's ConvertMarketing.co. And you can go to our website. If you want to contact us, the email opt-in's in there. I'll get back to you right away. Yeah, I really appreciate it. And that's where you can find me. You can go to our Facebook as well. Facebook or Instagram. Instagram's Convert MKTG. So if you want to check out something like that, yeah, go to our website.
2: Awesome. I'll be sure and link up. So convert to MKTG for Instagram, and I'll be sure and link up the Facebook page as well as your website on the show notes for today's episode. Justin, thank you so much again for coming on here. I really appreciate it, man.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much, Rick, for having me. It's great to be here. I can't believe I'm actually getting interviewed by you. (laughs) I like after listening to you for a whole year now. So that's amazing. It's cool. Just work hard and you can get your success. Just make it happen. Work hard.
2: All right. Hope you got a lot out of this one, Justin, today. As I mentioned at the top of the show, if you're interested in learning more and applying to be part of my brand new 12-month coaching program called Advantage Plus, you can just go to rickmulready.com forward slash plus. rickmulready.com forward slash P-L-U-S. Also, you can find all the links and the resources that we talked about in today's episode over on the show notes page, which is at rickmulready.com forward slash 139, 139. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Really appreciate it, my friends. I've got more great content coming your way in next week's episode. So until then, keep testing your paid traffic to find out what works for you and your business and then do more of what's working. And I'll see you in the next episode.